We are learning Daf Ayin Tes. We're starting from the Mishnah right at the top of the Amud. We continue to discuss the din of how a get is given to a woman's hand, and if not to her hand, then an extension of her hand like her chazar. So the Mishnah says, Imagine a scenario where the wife was standing on the top of a roof, and evidently the roof belonged to her. We'll see about that in the Gemara a little bit. But assuming that the roof is hers, it's Rakullah, so the husband threw the get up to her. Uh, the cousin was down below in the courtyard, and he threw the get up uh, to the rooftop where the wife was. Once it reaches the airspace of the roof, she becomes divorced. So even in the unlikely scenario where the get was lost before it landed on the roof, she is still divorced as long as it landed within the airspace. The Gemara will explain how that is. Imagine the case is the inverse. He's standing on his roof on, on, the, on the top, but she's in the courtyard below, and evidently the courtyard is hers. He throws the get to her. As soon as it leaves the domain of the roof, even if it then became erased or burned before it lands in the courtyard, she is still divorced. So the basic premise of the Mishnah is that the airspace alone is enough to affect the divorce, even though it's not actually landing in the domain itself. So the Gemara has, Mar wonders how this can be. It should not be considered a guarded place. In other words, even if we say that um, airspace could be part of the domain, but if it's not guarded from the wind, it can come at any time and blow the get away. So then it's not considered to be clearly in this domain. Even if we do consider generally avir to be part of the rishos, but in a scenario where it's in the outdoors and there's wind, which can come along at any point and blow away. So then the Gemara assumes that such a thing is not guarded and it cannot be considered to be in that domain. So Amar, if you don't, Shmuel, we're dealing with a roof that has a fence around it, which actually stops it from being blown away. So when it's saying it gets to the airspace of the roof, it means really that the get has dropped below the top of the fence. And at this point where the get is, yes, it's not on the ground, but it is protected from the wind. Says the Gemara, second approach, In the Mishnah, we're dealing with a case where the get came to within in three tfachim of the surface of the roof, and therefore, even if it never landed, whatever is within three tfachim of the roof is treated like the roof itself. They can be shown and explained this is based upon love. That whenever you have a surface, an extension of the surface is two, three tzvachim. So as long as it's within three tzvachim of the roof, it's viewed as if it came, um, made a complete hanachah, it came to rest on the roof. And therefore, it means as long as it's within the three tzvachim. Says the Gemara, second approach, humilamala, if he was on the, a second case in the Mishnah where he was on top and she was in the courtyard below. So it said as soon as he, as soon as it, um, leaves the domain of the roof, she is divorced. The Gemara says, holo mintar, here it is not guarded. In other words, here, we kind of think that we lose our previous answers because we're assuming at this point that the surface of the roof is higher than the walls which go around the courtyard. So at the point that it leaves the roof and goes into the airspace of the courtyard, it's, it is it is exposed to the wind. It's not it's not being guarded at that point. So how could she be divorced from the domain of the courtyard? The Mishra is talking about a case that the lower walls, the walls of the courtyard, actually were higher above the walls of the roof. Uh, so therefore, as soon as it leaves the, the airspace of the roof, it's actually within the enclosure of the courtyard, and therefore it's protected from the wind. So we get three Amaram all making the same point.
Send the, says the Gemara, another point. Who does our mission follow? It sounds like we're going like Rebbe. Something which is contained within the airspace of a Rishos is considered as if it made a Hanukkah um, in that Rishos. So here we're talking about, we're drawing from a, a, a an interesting source. We're drawing from Hilcho Shabbos here. So in Hilcho Shabbos, in order to be Chayav, it's not just enough that something moves from, from one domain to another, from Rishos Echad to Rishos Rabbim, or the inverse. It has to come to rest. There has to be not cure from one Rishos and a Hanukkah where it comes to rest in a second Rishos. So the Chacham say Hanukkah means not that it whizzes by, not that it goes through, but that it actually comes to rest in that Rishos. So for example, let's say I had uh, someone through from Rishos Echad to another Rishos Echad, but it went through Rishos Rabbim. So it went through, you picked up a Rishos Echad, you threw it through the Rishos Echad, went through Rishos Rabbim, and then eventually went and landed in another Rishos Echad. So the Rabbana say you're Potter because you didn't transfer Rishos Echad to Rishos Rabbim because it didn't come to rest there. But Rabbi's opinion is that as long as it's kluta, as long as it's contained in the airspace, and, and, and even if it was whizzing through that airspace, if it was contained in that airspace, it's considered as if it became munach, and therefore, you are chayev. So our mission, which is saying that, that the get is affects the divorce as soon as it enters the airspace of the domain, even before it lands, would sound like the opinion of Rebbe, but according to the Rabbanon who disagree, then it would have to come to rest. And coming to rest literally means coming to rest. So the Gemara says, no, it's not a good comparison. Our mission could follow the Rabbanon. How come the plea Rabbanon led the Rebbe in Shabbos? The whole Shaila is all by Shabbos. By Shabbos, there's a din, there's a din of Hanacha. It's not Munach if it's whizzing through the Rabbanon hold. In the case of the divorce, Mishum in the whole issue is about protection and being guarded. is considered guarded as long as it's within the walls of the property. So here, it's not a din of hanacha by acquisition. It's all about being in the rishos. Being in the rishos means being guarded by the rishos. And as long as the walls are guarding it from the from the wind, uh, picking it up and and, and 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 making it fly away, so then everyone will agree that it, she is divorced. Says the Gemara. Now we get to the same discussion that other Amaram had. As we mentioned, Rav Asher Yochanan explained that the case where the wife was below was, was, was and the mission was saying that she's divorced as soon as it leaves the airspace of the roof. The same point is that the lower walls extended above, above the upper walls. The whole dispute was only regarding Shabbos. It was considered Munach or not. By divorce, the key factor is, is it guarded? In fact, it is guarded as soon as it enters the airspace that is contained by the walls of the property. So that same identical discussion with the Amaram and Eretz Yisrael. Okay, the mission we're talking about again, if he throws it from his roof into the wife's courtyard, she's divorced as soon as it enters into the roof. Nimchak, if it then got erased, uh, if, if she's divorced even though, um, even though, in other words, by the time it landed, it was already, it was already erased. That's only true if it got erased after the get was started going down. If it, if, if it got erased while it was still in an upward path, she's not divorced. My time, what's the reason? It was not in the process of landing. So what's going on over here? There was a fence around the roof, and the husband who's on the roof had to throw it in upward motion to get over the roof's fence. So if it got erased while it was still in the upwards motion going up, she's not divorced, even if it was still already within the confines of the courtyard's wall. Because again, the courtyard walls sticks up way above. They go way above everything, way above the, the roof's walls and even above some airspace on top of the roof's walls. But as long as the get, the point that the Gemara is making, as long as the trajectory of the get was in an upward motion at this time, when it got when it got erased, it's no good. It had to be in a downward. It had to have been falling already. So it's not just enough that the hus- it's within, the husband throws it and it's 
and it's above the um above the, the the walls of the roof. It, you need more. You need it for it to for it to start falling. And the reason the mark is is because it has to be in the process of landing. It has to be in order for it to be considered given to the wife. It has to be within the process of landing, meaning falling into her domain. And as we said, surrounded by the walls. Nisraf. We spoke about a case as well where she could be divorced even if it was burned before it landed. There's only a case where it entered into the airspace before the fire broke out. If let's say the fire was there and then the get started falling into Rishos, then she would not be divorced. My time, what's the reason? Right? Why aren't we saying that the, the, the airspace can affect the, the divorce? My time, I'm because from the very outset, it was just destined to be burned. So we're saying that this din, the airspace could acquire could acquire is only where the property itself is able to do it. But if the the object isn't fit to land on the ground because there's a fire all over the surface of the ground, so it's it's not destined, it's not possible for it to for the for the for the chutzer itself to make the kenyan, so then the avir will not. So basically we're saying that avir could be kona, but in a limited sense. It can only be kona when the bottom part could and when it's in the process of falling towards the bottom. And in addition, it has to be in a state of being guarded by the Rishos where it has walls that protect it from flying away. Says the Different Rishus are considered separate for divorce. So meaning, we're going, here we're going to move to a case where a husband is lending his wife a place and a property to receive her get, which can work, right? And it can, be, it can function. She can borrow from her husband a right in a specific spot for her, for her to be like her chatzah for divorce. But if, if, if she was given one spot where the get is meant to be received by her, then she cannot use a different property. She can only use that one. But she's given one spot, then she can only use that spot. And here... It, it, it's kind of a practical uh, sugya that we're learning in the sense. It's like, what, what, what does the husband intend when he's lending her one spot? Does he intend for her to, um, to, to be okay with a spot that's close to it as well? Or do we say no? He's more specific. So now the Gemara continues. Where do, where do we see this? Where, where we, that he is more specific. We see from our mission. The mission spoke about a case, two cases. How, uh, the first one was she was standing on the roof. He threw it up to her from the courtyard. As soon as it reached the airspace of the roof, she's divorced. Who's the owners here? Who owns the roof and owns the courtyard? She owned both. Why does it have to enter into the airspace of the roof of the divorce? If she would own the courtyard, as well, she should divorce out the airspace of the courtyard. It doesn't have to reach the airspace of the roof. Maybe you're going to say that the mission means that the husband owned the roof in the courtyard. Then what does it help if it reaches the airspace of the roof? The, the get didn't enter her property if he owns the roof as well. What do we have to say? It must be that the case is it's her roof, but it's his courtyard. That must be the way to understand the ratio. But then continue in the Mishnah. Aim must say for the next part of the Mishnah. He was on the roof and he's and he's throwing it down below to the courtyard where she is. He throws the get down to her. So the Mishnah ruled, as soon as it leaves the domain of the roof, but it gets erased or burned before it lands in the courtyard. She is divorced because it was in the Avir of the courtyard. So wait, who owns it? 
if the bitch is dealing with the same case where it's her roof, but it's his courtyard, which we demonstrated the ratio was talking about, a mommy goreshes, why would she be divorced? The courtyard is his property, it's not hers. Ella, what do we have to do? Flip it around. In the end of the mission, it's talking about his roof and her courtyard, but that just seems so out of sync with what we established in the ratio. Could it be? The ratio is talking about what her roof and his courtyard, and the end of the mission is talking about his roof and her courtyard. We want to have both cases of the Mishnah lined off with one another. So therefore, this is all the conclusion of the proof. Elalap, what's the best way to understand our Mishnah in terms of this mess of who owns the courtyard and who owns the roof? Elalap, the Oshle Malcolm has to be that really everything belongs exclusively to the husband. But the case is that he's lending her a place to receive the Gad. And the premise here is the Chad Malcolm Oshle Inchi. The idea is that we assume people lend only one place. They're not lending out two separate places. So the case is she was standing on the roof. He meant for her to acquire the right to, to in her she'ela only to use the roof. If she was standing in the courtyard, then he meant only to give her the right to she'ela to acquire a get to receive the get in the courtyard. And that's the idea. We see that with Shuz Chalukos, that the assumption is when the husband is lending out his domain for her to acquire the get, he's only lending out one spot, um, but he's not loose and saying, well, wherever, wherever it lands, you, you could borrow that spot. No, he's particular, wherever she's standing. So I'm a labor. I mean, Muhammad said back to Rafa Midiri, is there any proof from here? It could be that really we're talking not talking about uh, borrowing at all in the Mishnah and just the different parts of the Mishnah are referring to different things. The first part of the Mishnah we're dealing with her roof and his courtyard, like Rava initially proved, and the Sefer could be flipping around. And the Sefer is talking about the opposite, where it's his roof and her courtyard, like Rava originally did. And uh, you know what? If it sounds a little bit off in sync, that's the better shot in the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Rav Shalosh, me this by Gittin. There are three different halachas by Gittin. Three times we're going to show halacha by Gittin is different from other halachos in by Shabbos. First of all, the one that we 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 made in the beginning of the daf. Rabbi's opinion. That when something is whizzing through Rishos, it's considered like it's Munach and Rishos, even though it's not at rest. We know that the Rabbanon disagree. In order for there to be Hanukkah, it actually has to be at rest. The disagreement is only in regard to Shabbos. By divorce, the key factor is whether or not it's guarded. It's guarded as soon as it enters the airspace that's within the walls of the property, even though it hasn't come to rest. So the point that we're making is the same that we made before, that the Rabbanon would agree I get in that to the principle that as long as it's within the avir, that's good enough if it's guarded. Second halacha. Halacha says halacha. No, it's kind of Rosh If someone sticks a pole into a ground, on the pole's top, there's a tray all the way on the top of the pole. Someone threw from Rosh Hashanah, so he's throwing it in and it lands on top of the tray. So now let's understand what's happening. I feel like even if the pole is 100 amma, so it's, 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 it's landing way above where the walls were. So did he throw it? Did it land in the Rosh Did it? It landed um, way above the walls of the Rosh it's, it's, it's technically within the airspace of the Rishon Sayachid, but way higher. Who says you're, that the Rishon Sayachid extends so high? You are Chayef. Why? The future Rishon Sayachid, all the way here. We have a principle that a private domain extends all the way up to the sky. Rishon Sayachid is not like that. Rishon Sayachid only goes up 10 to Fachim. And the idea is because that's where the Rabbim used. But a private domain has an infinite height, even though the walls itself are only 10 Fachim. But the, the status that they give of Rishon Sayachid to what's enclosed is Ola Adorikia goes all the way up. So therefore, if it landed on this tray in the pole, that's on the pole way above even 100 amas 
Hi, and the Rosh Hashayachid. So the halacha is that you are chay. So how do you Shabbos? That's only true for Shabbos. In other words, that it could be way above the walls and is still considered to be landed in the Rosh Hashayachid. In regard to divorce, let's say the wife had a yard that was enclosed, but but it's landing way above the mechitzah. It's landing on a pole, on a tray, on a pole, way on top. If such a thing would happen, if she owned the courtyard, and it lands on top of the pole, Mishum Enturu, the key factor is whether or not it's guarded while Lominta, the get on top is not considered guarded at the top of the pole, because since over here I have the tray, the tray on top of the pole is higher than the walls of the yard, the wind could blow it out of the yard, and therefore she would not, therefore she would not be divorced. Says the Gemara, a third discrepancy, top of the base, that person should stand on one roof, and scoop up rainwater from his friend's roof. Now, let's just understand what we're talking about. You can carry between from one Rosh to another Rosh But we said that you can not only carry from one Rosh to another Rosh if you own both. But if Ruven owns one Rosh Hashayachid, cannot, can, there cannot be carrying between Ruven's Rosh and Shimon's Rosh Hashayachid. It's like that since they have different uh, users, you could say, different owners. Who are using it differently? So the midrabanan, the din is not to go from one rishaseyachet to another rishaseyachet. That's why we have an institution of an erev chateres. Erev chateres enjoins two private rishus that they can be used together. That's the concept. Now the question is: Does that apply only? two homes, carrying from one home to another home, or does it also apply to carrying from one roof to another roof? And if you think about it, maybe it's very different for roof. Why? Because people don't usually uh, use roofs so much. Not, they don't have regular hishtamshas by people. I mean, maybe you sit out there a little bit, but the hishtamshas is not like a chadzer or a home at all. So who said it's considered a distinct domain? It's not like you know people are doing much there to begin with. Shmuel comes to tell us that it's not like that. You can't stand on one roof and scoop up rainwater from your friend's roof. Why? Shikashem, 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 we have a principle that the fact that one that they have separate ownership is considered separate rishus below for the houses under the roofs. So too, we say that the separate ownership separates above on the roof, and therefore. It's forbidden to transfer from Ruvain's roof to Shimon's roof. So the Gemara says, Han Milin Shabbos, this idea that two roofs are considered separate is only for Shabbos. Alin Gab regards the Gab. In other words, let's say, imagine a man who has two roofs and he owns one roof and another roof and he lends his wife's space on one of them to receive the Gab. Now, so if the Gab would land on that roof, she would be divorced. But what if he, it lands on the other roof? Here, Mishun Kapedu, it's all about how, what he's particular, particular about. To such a great extent, people are not particular, meaning the divorce is valid even if it landed on the other roof. So we spoke about before that that when a husband lends 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 rishuyos for his wife to ex- receive the get he only lends one space not two spaces that was the discussion with Ahmed Aleph but here the point that we're making is maybe that concept is true but even if it is true we're not going to assume it to such an extent that is true even on roofs if there are two rooftops one and, and, and the husband lent her one to receive the get and it landed on the adjoining uh, rooftop we're not going to say okay that, that, oh, it didn't land in the place where it was she was borrowing and therefore she's not divorced. Rather, we would say, clearly the husband's not particularly if it landed on this rooftop or that rooftop and she would, in fact, be divorced. Says the Gemara, Amar Abai, Shu Chatzera Zulaf Nimizuf. There are two courtyards, one within the other. Pima Shalav, Chitzona Shalav. The inner one belonged to the wife and the outer one belonged to the husband. Machitza Chitzona Shalav, Zalpanimus. The outer walls are higher than the inner walls. Zarkalai throws the get to her. Kimenche Gia, La Avir Machitza Chitzona. Once it reaches the airspace of the walls of the outer yard, I was in Gresha, she is, in fact, divorced. So, what do we mean? It reaches the Avir of the Machitza Chitzona, meaning it's reaching. 
<clears throat> and a height, it's reaching the airspace, it starts falling, but it's at a point that it's above the inner walls, but it, it, it's still within the height of the outer wall. So she's divorced, so that's a big chiddush because she only owns the inner one and it's not yet within the walls of the inner one. So why is she divorced? My time, and what is the reason? Yes, the get is protected, but the, the protection is really coming from the outer walls at this point. The answer is... <laughs> <clears throat> the idea is that the inner yard itself is always guarded by the walls of the outer yard. So meaning it's enclosed. The inner yard is always surrounded by the outer walls. So therefore, the, in, the owner of the inner walls always has some legal claim to the protection of the outer walls. A fascinating concept here. So therefore, we're saying that as long as the outer walls are blocking it from the wind, picking it up, even though it's technically above the height of the walls of the, of the inner one, she is still divorced. It says, It's not like this by two boxes. Imagine two kubas of a sozu. Let's say there are two boxes, one inside the other. The inner box belongs there and the outer box belongs to him. He throws the get to her. Even if he gets into the airspace of the inner box, within the confines of the inner box's walls, in immigration, she's not divorced. My time is all enough. It did not land in it. So what's the point that we're making? Is that walls of a box are cannot be coned until it actually lands. The reason is, is because the point of, <coughs> of a Kli is to hold what's put inside, not to guard it. So therefore, it, it, when you're talking about something landing, something being contained inside of a Kli, it's different than a Rishos. When we had Rishos, we're mentioning the idea that, that as soon as it's in the airspace, it can be considered Munach, it's considered guarded like it's in the Rishos. But we're saying for a Kli, it is not that way. That's not the function. The function is... Um, the function is to hold, and therefore something is not considered in it until it's actually at rest. <coughs> Says the Gemara, and if it would be at rest, then she would be divorced. Even if it would land, what would, what would happen? It's like the case we spoke about in yesterday's daf. It's a utensil of the buyer and the property of the seller, because even the inner box is hers. But what's happening? It's surrounded, it's surrounded by the... Um, by the greater confines of the seller's clea of the husband's box, and therefore she should not be divorced. Says the Gemara, we're dealing with an outer box that doesn't have a bottom. In other words, the inner box is actually resting on the floor. It's only that the walls of the outer box surround the inner box, but there's actually no bottom to the outer box. So therefore it's not considered that her clea is within the seller's greater domain. We don't look at it that way. And therefore, as really, as long as it comes to rest in the inner one, she would be divorced. The point that we're making is it actually has to come to rest in the inner box. Okay, continues the Mishnah, Bishame, Omer, and Potar, Adam, Ishtar, Beget, Yashan. A person can divorce his wife with an old get. We will define the Mishnah, will explain what an old get is. Bishame has no issue using an old get for divorce. Basil also says you cannot use an old get. What is considered an old get? The husband made a Maisi Yichud, he secluded himself with his wife after the time he wrote the get, but before he delivered it. So he wrote the get, and then subsequently he was alone with his wife, and obviously Basil is concerned that their seclusion led to them being intimate with one another. And now Basil is saying that once we're, once they possibly had relations after the time the get was written, then it is forbidden to use that get now in the future to effect a divorce. What's the issue? But Michael Mifluki says the Gemara, what's the point of contention here? We're not concerned that people are going to say that the divorce preceded a child being born. You know, that is the concern for Basil. Basil is concerned that, that if the husband had relations for his wife and she gets pregnant from that seclusion, and he doesn't give the get for a considerable amount of time, then people will see that the date on the get is long before the child was born. And they're going to say, hey, wait a second, what happened here? It must be he divorced her. And then uh, they had relations and the child was born out of wedlock. And they will say bad things about the child. Not that the child is a mom's but that it was born out of wedlock. 
So therefore, Basil makes Xera that once you write a get, then then if you have relations, you're going to need a new get to affect the divorce. So Basil is going to go so far that even once the get was written, they can't even be alone together once the get was written because we're concerned they might have relations and it will, la- it will lead to bad thing- people saying bad things about the kids. So Bishamah is not concerned for that. Basil holds, that we are concerned for that Xerah. So it's, when we say it's usher, it's usher to use an old get, but is the get still a kosher get? Yeah, bad it's a kosher get, which just it's a din not to use it. So, she was given an old get and she remarries because of that, then she shouldn't leave her second husband. Meaning, Lamaisa is a valid get, so she got remarried, she doesn't have to leave. Other people say even more cool. If she was divorced with an old get, she can go ahead and remarry. In other words, it's only a din, ideally, that she shouldn't be divorced from such a get, but if she was given the get already, then at this point she can go ahead and marry even ideally.